This podcast is powered by Adidas. Thanks to the friendly people at Adidas for supporting us. Hi, everybody. I'm Ashley Graham, and welcome to my podcast, Pretty Big Deal. I'm so excited because today we're going to talk about beauty, diversity, fashion, culture, and everything that I love, especially about owning who you are. And today, our guest is someone who's near and dear to my heart. She is not only a style icon in the making, that's right, I haven't said your name yet, so they don't know who you are yet. Also, she's a UNICEF ambassador. She's breaking boundaries left and right. Um, But first, I want to let you guys know to come and comment. We want you to be a part of the conversation. Go on to Twitter, go on to Instagram, pretty big deal. Also, you can go onto the Anchor app and leave me a cute little voice message. So you have seen her on the covers of Teen Vogue, on the covers of Allure and Glamour. Have I missed any? Oh my gosh, I love the hype. I'm like, who's, who's this person? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> she grew up in Kenya and now she's here in New York City, but she doesn't live here and I'm trying to get her to move here. Halima Aiden! Hi! <laughs> Hi! First of all, you just flew in this morning. Yes. And now you're, fly- for you. you're flying out and tonight. And I'm flying out. <laughs> I mean, you could keep me, but... Are you ever going to move to New York? Are you offering? I mean, okay. She's like, come stay with me. I'll we give you can, a room. We can literally get into this, I think, because every time I see you, I'm like, move to New York. And then you say... When we get that move to New York, uh, Moolah, then we're going to move. But okay. right now, Minnesota is good, girl. Minnesota's She's living good. luxury in Minnesota. Um, okay, so Halima and I first met um, at Miss USA. Yes. And it was in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we had this, like, podcast kind of video that we had to to film. Mm-hmm. I forgot what publication it was for. Whatever. Oh, I remember. Cosmo. Oh, it was? Okay. Yes. And it was you, me, and um, Miss USA, the current Miss USA. Mm-hmm. And some other people. And we just had a great time. I fell in love with you. I thought you were the cutest little thing ever. And we just had fun. And then we stayed in touch. And now I've seen you at during Fashion Week. I've mm-hmm. even seen you um, when we're both getting paparazzi following us. <laughs> By the way, you need to tell everybody. Those tips are near and dear to my Wait, heart. Wait, what did I say again? Because I was trying to tell my friend the other day. So I was like standing and... I don't know. I had like a 30-minute session with the paps. And then I was like, okay, take it from this angle. Okay, lower, lower. Take it from this angle. And then you walked by. (laughs) Not even walked by. Girl, you ran by. And I was like... Oh, and then you caught me in the elevator and you were like, girl, let me give you advice. You want them to want more. You don't give them everything. You just walk past. And then like that gives them like, I was like, okay, I'll try this. I'm not going to lie. Those pictures, when I ran, I was like, I was like, okay, no thank you, Ashley Graham. Until I can supermodel, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take my time, concentrate on my pose. Oh my God, it was terrible. I totally forgot to tell you that my favorite assistant in the whole world is right over here. Yes, this is Darcel. Her name is Darcel, but we call her Darcy Linda. Darcy Linda. Darcy Linda. Her her husband made it up. Yeah. So when we were in Italy together, which we were just in Italy together, Mm -hmm. which was so much fun. Lake Como. I know. So beautiful. I had gotten to know you a little bit more, even because we've Mm -hmm. had to spend more time together. And I didn't realize that you were raised in a refugee camp. Mm -hmm. And I would like to just know basically everything and the beginning. Okay. Ready? Go. (gasps) 
<laughs> okay, so the camp. Um, I always, to be honest, we I didn't know we were refugees. I didn't know what brought my mom there. Like, because, you know, you're six. You don't know what a legal status is or where, where you are in, like, the country, right? right? All I had known is this is my home. This is my block. I was in a zone. Uh, we had different block numbers. Uh-huh. So... I knew the neighborhood really, really well, and I had a lot of friends. Um, so you were in an actual neighborhood, girl. Yes, we had oh. our own little, we had our own little cliques too. And <laughs> yeah, funny story. My mom used to move us around the camp so we could be like more, because you know, um, Somalis it, it make a good number of like the people that live there, the population. But okay. it's also Sudan people, Sudanese people, wow, Rwandan, like all over Africa, Ethiopian. So early on, my mom moved us to like different places. Okay. That's why when I was reading your book and I was like, yes, girl, I understand that. Like, but mine wasn't as like, like yours, like actually moving well, from state to state. Mine was like just different, different homes. Also just like completely different countries. <laughs> like not even like on the same mm. yeah level. Okay. Uh, but but yeah. you were born in Somalia and then you moved to Kenya at six. No, Kenya is all I know. Kenya is so, all, you were born in Kenya? I was born in a refugee camp in Kenya called wow. Kakuma. Uh-huh. And Kakuma actually stands, the translation of Kakuma in Swahili is actually middle of nowhere. Oh. So it's kind of sad that they put everybody like in the middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere, but. And so you actually liked how you were raised in the refugee camp. I thought we were wealthy. I'm not going to lie. Yes! I was kind of shook. <laughs> <laughs> I found out what we were in America. Like, I did not think we were, like, living in poverty because... It says a lot. It says a lot, yeah, right? It does. Yeah. It has the character of her of her family and right, how they raised right. you. Yeah, because I used to be like, oh, today we have a house and then it could rain and it washes away. But guess what? We're going to build a new one. And so early on, I used to be like, oh, back back in Africa, we used to have three houses. One was by the street. One was by a little tree. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so I was kind of shook. But like, you, that's amazing because I feel like a lot of, I mean, a lot of the people, way people are raised now, it's like it's about things and it's not about like the heart of the home. And wherever your family was, that's where you, where your heart and your actual home was. Yes, but I also do think uh, the UN played a big role in that. Okay. Um, so I, I think they did a good job of, like, the people that lived there, they really did have dignity and pride and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also what helped was everybody was, like, living in similar, like, situations. So I think, like, n- now, like, the struggle in America is, like, you could be going to school, but if you're that poor kid, like, you know, you're comparing yourself to other kids. Like, oh, why doesn't my family have that big house? Right. You know, like their parents are doctors. We all were like the same thing. So I think that made it easier. Right. Yeah. Because then, okay, so I think I got something backwards. You didn't move there when you were six. You moved to America when you were six. Mm-hmm. So what was that like? Who and why? <laughs> and why did you move to America? Um, okay, so we were supposed to move to Australia. Okay. It's a really long vetting process. I think people sometimes forget, like, in order to become a, like, let's say, citizen, we didn't just become citizens right away or get to choose where we got moved to. Moved to right? right. It was all luck and also just like what country is willing to take you in and actually a lot of refugees never leave uh like they never ever get the chance to like come to a developed country the lottery right it's literally a lottery is it like that Mm -hmm. like you you 
you just put your name in and then they tell you where you're going. Well, I don't know about that, girl. But oh. I, I know like for our camp, we even had a, which funny story, I think it's still there. We had a board and they used to stamp the names of like the refugees that are getting to resettle. Uh-huh. So I remember like that was such a big deal. Like people would all gather up and then like clap and cry and like be really. And I never knew what it was about. I used to actually feel bad because, like, one of my friends once moved, and I was like, why is she going? I want her to stay here forever. <laughs> Meanwhile, she was moving to, like, Meanwhile, have a better life. Yeah, but you don't understand that when you're a kid. Cause Are you still in touch with all of those Any Anybody from the refugee camp? Very much. Well, really? I'm, I, I'm personally not. Okay. Because some of those folks aren't connected to the okay. internet. Oh, okay. So that makes it hard. <laughs> but um, right. my mom, a funny story, when I went to... I don't know why I keep saying funny story. It's really not that it's funny. Okay. But when I was going to Kenya, she, uh, uh, remember uh, that, did I show you the list of names? She wanted me to take books back to like some of the kids that she knew, like she knew from there and like right. medicine and, you know, stuff like that. Some of her friends still When you there. went back to Kenya for your Vogue shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, take the, I'm like, girl, <laughs> the way this charter plane works, I'm allowed, like, I think one bag. It wasn't, a, like, one bag or something. I was like, oh, I cannot be taking books. And So your mom was basically, like, because I really, I do want to get into your Vogue shoot. And okay. I want to get into Kenya and going back because I feel like that was probably really emotional in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. But I also want to hear about moving to America because at six years old, you went from a refugee camp in Kenya mm-hmm. and then moved to St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. So then you moved to St. St. Cloud, Minnesota. So what happened? Then what changed? Like, why did you guys leave? Why did you leave St. Louis? Why did you go to Minnesota? St. Louis? Okay. Because, again, like, you don't get to, you don't have a say in, like, where you move. So when we moved from uh, Kakuma. Oh, again, still, you don't have a say where you are in America, uh, too? But, like, when you... That's the city we landed in, you know? Oh, okay. So that's the city that was, like, oh, our host. Okay. And I think we had, like, um, a f- another family host us for a little bit, like, a week, I think, to just show show my mom things. Um, right. But it was a bad neighborhood in St. Louis. Like, it was really crime-filled. Mm. The streets looked really impoverished. At night, I would hear gunshots, and I'm like, wow. We didn't even used to, like, really hear gunshots in the camp ever. So in a way, like, I felt unsafe in that neighborhood than I did in my camp. Because my camp, it's mostly women wow. and children. Even even today, it's like 60% of the population is kids. Yeah, kids everywhere. That's yeah. so interesting. So that's why we moved that's from St. Louis to uh, St. Cloud. But also, like, education was much better. Because, you know, the community has had, like, had enough time to, like, get used to Somalis and other, other people from Somalis. other uh, countries who, like, their kids maybe don't speak English. Mm-hmm. So I think the school system in Minnesota was a lot better. They were much more, like, just ready for you guys to come through because, yeah, okay, I got it. Now then, what was high school like? Because now you're in a, now you're somewhere where Mm -hmm. you not only speak English, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot more Somalians there, right? Because it was a a really big community, but my high school was really diverse. I feel like your high school experience was amazing. It was perfect. It was like, I w- sometimes I think like, oh my, like high school was really great. What's what's life going to be like, you know? Yeah, because my Ooh. high school was bad. And I know because I read your Teen Vogue article that you became prom queen. Oh, homecoming. Homecoming, homecoming. I know, but wait, wait. for my school, homecoming was the bigger deal. It was like it a was? one-week event. It was a whole debacle. Girl, they, oh. 
Oh. Okay, let's talk about what you wore. Okay. Who'd you go with? Oh. Tell me everything. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so our school, no kidding, was one week. Like, one week. And when I say, like, uh. Wait, your whole school was one week of just homecoming. Just homecoming, Just the every prep, day. or like every day there was an event? Every day there was an event. It's so like one New York day, Fashion Week? It's like New York Fashion Week. <laughs> so you always Same. come prepared. Every day. One day was pajama, one day was like school spirit, one day. Anyways, that's not the. I think homecoming was the first time that I realized, wow, I'm going to have a different experience that even though like we're students, we go to Apollo, like I was nominated. It was my peers who picked me, but still my experience was so different compared to them. And it was like the first time that I really realized like we just have different, we have different upbringings because when they, when it was a time for them to come to my home, my mom was like, who are these kids coming? What? Boys? You're not going in there? It was literally like, what do you mean you're going to tape her like waking up? Because that's what they do. They come over to your house at like 3 a.m. And then they do confetti and like cheese. If you were the homecoming queen? Yeah, to tell you, you got nominated. So they go to all This is so aggressive. That's adorable. That's adorbs. (laughs) I love that. I mean, is this what they did in your school? No, no, no. No, I'm from Miami. We don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait. Minnesota. Nothing else to do. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we look at no. raccoons and like, yeah, it was like and a we big wake deal. you up at three a.m. to tell you're the queen. <laughs> Not the queen, just that you were nominated. So it's wow. like, just that you were nominated. Wow. <laughs> but my mom was like, "Who are these kids? Like, right. what's happening?" Right. I, funny story. I couldn't even do it at my house because my mom was like, "People ain't coming." No, 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 no. Yeah, and then I ended up finding out because my friend was like, "How else am I gonna tell this dirty rat to wear a headscarf?" Because ah! you know, I sleep with like hair, right. Up, like right, right. So it was just that was like the first time that I realized, like, oh my gosh, my experience is gonna be different. And then when it was time for my mom to parents, parents yeah. to walk you down the aisle, uh-huh. not <laughs> down the aisle, the gym. It. Yeah. Or like the day that the queen is announced, my mom was not having it because she doesn't understand the culture. She's like, I send you to school to go learn. Get that get that diploma, right, you yes, know? Right. What do you mean you want me to walk you in a gym? How old are you? So do they understand basically like the social justice aspect of your job? Because you are the first ever hijabi to walk down the runway, to be on the mm-hmm. covers of Glamour, Allure, Teen Vogue. I mean, Corrine Rotfield found you. I mean, like, these are pivotal moments for any model's career. Mm-hmm. But there's, it's not, you're not just a pretty face. You're not just a girl wearing heels. You're not just a girl in a hijab. Like, you're there letting other women know who look like you that you too can be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Have they, has it clicked for them? Negative. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, different culture. Like, no, they don't understand my like the older people in the family really don't understand that concept because mm-hmm. my mom always says, why look to other people for your confidence? You know, why don't you why aren't you enough? You know what I mean? So when I tell her like representation is important, like stuff like that for her, I guess she's not bothered with it because it doesn't really affect her. For her, it's more like, why can't you be independent, go to college, graduate on time? Like, those are the stuff that really matter to her. But I will say, like, in my work with UNICEF, I think that's the first time that she's truly proud of me when it comes to something around modeling. Right. Um, But it's a big accomplishment. Yeah. I want to know how that even started. Day one, IMG. Like, um, oh, yeah, we at the same agency, (laughs) y'all. IMG. She repping. She repping. 
<laughs> they're really one of the most diverse agencies in the yeah. world. Yeah. I think maybe they are the most diverse agency in the world. Yeah. So, and we're there. And you're there. You. Actually. Am I? Both of you. <laughs> Can we check? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, seriously. I was like, when I was, because I didn't know what an IMG is. Um, I'll admit what is that. an what IMG? Is an IMG? <laughs> what does it stand for up to today? I don't know. <laughs> International Modeling Agency. No, agency, Group. IMG. Group. <laughs> IMA. Twitter. Twitter, you out. can take her and drag her appropriately now. After this, she's no longer, they just come up with this statement. But We're now no it's just all called Endeavors because of WME. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk about how, yes, we're at IMG mm-hmm. and we are the tokens. Like, not at IMG, but we're the tokens when it comes to um, a beauty panel. We're the token mm-hmm. when it comes to a campaign. We're the token when it comes to a runway. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to you knowing that you're going to be the only girl wearing a hijab? Ooh, Miss Ashley Graham. I guess, okay, when did you find out that you were Girl, a you can't twist this back on me and say question with a question. I can answer it for you. Okay, answer. No, because I'm still figuring that out. I guess for the longest time, I maybe I'm oblivious, but for the longest time, I honestly used to be like, no, I don't see myself as a token. No, because mm-hmm. why, why would I when... Already, I see girls are being assigned. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Amina just announced that they have their first hijab-wearing model. See? So I'm like, am I still the token if there's other models being signed? And besides, somebody had to be the first, right? No, of course. I think, to me, there's a difference between the first and a token. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the first just sets a staple for what we need to see in fashion and what should be already considered norm and in media as like a a relevant thing um but then there's the token when you go and you're shooting a campaign or you're in a runway and you're the only one and you're always the only one and I think that if you say no to these things then you're offering you're not offering a seat at the table Mm -hmm. for everyone who's quote different like you Mm. and so I will always say yes even if I am the only girl because I don't look at it as I'm the token and I and 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 I'm the only one that's going to be represented in this. I feel like when I show up I'm representing a community. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't take it personally, mm-hmm. but some people do and I love to have that conversation. I mean mm-hmm. clearly you don't. Um but you know it starts to get kind of like strange when you only see like one of your kind or like, mm-hmm. you know, you've looked at so many different campaigns you've only seen one Asian, one yeah. black, yeah. one redhead. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't even see a hijab girl or you don't even see a curvy girl. So Mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like, does it start to affect you? Do you start to feel like I'm the token? Where's everybody else? I think for me, I understand like it's it's probably the industry too, because five years ago, heck, even two years ago, would I still be where I am career wise? I don't know if the industry would have been ready for a hijab wearing model at that point. Right. Because for me, like Yes, it's like I'm like any other model, but also I have requirements like I can't just it it just requires a little bit of like thought, you know, I can't just show up and where am I going to get dressed? You know, know? because the hijab doesn't come off backstage, you know, so it's like it was a long time for um, I think this to happen, but also for my community. We didn't just get here like that because I think that's that was what was really hard for me was. And it's still hard for me. It's like, okay, if this is okay, if this is fine, why 
why was I the first? You know what I mean? Like, it's not like maybe if it was acceptable, maybe if it was the right thing to do, maybe somebody else would have done it already. Then maybe you would see more hijab wearing um, hijab models. Yeah, like other other girls. So sometimes like that's hard for me. But I understand we're not there as a community because I took a lot of backlash. I, I don't think girls realize when they're like, I want to be a model. I want to. <laughs> I had many nights where I was like breaking down to Denise or like. You know, and it started with the pageant because that was like how I was introduced to like. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because you started at Miss Minnesota mm-hmm. and and then you kind of just it turned into. It just snowballed like right away. Like Kareen Rockfield <laughs> like calls. Hey, hey, girl. Hey, <laughs> come to New York. Come shoot for Mario Sorrenti. I was like, OK. Wait a second. Google. Your uh, first photo shoot was with Mar- Mario Sorrenti. Mm-hmm. No and I remember deal. this was a big deal for like uh, the other like Kareem. That's a big deal for me. <laughs> I'm like, what? So I Googled. I'm like, Mario Soretti. And then all you see is nude photos. Yeah. And, and then- I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and your yeah. mother's definitely like, oh, no, you're not yes. going there. <laughs> I didn't know what to tell my mom for that initial IMG like meeting. Because I think we did both combined. Like IMG, because I, I think I did the photo shoot even before I was signed. Okay. So I was like... I'm not. If I tell my mom a photo shoot, she's she might think like, oh, you're gonna get taken advantage of. What kind of pictures? Like da da da. Right. So I was like, I'm gonna be like, I'm meeting up with an agency. So you didn't even tell her you were doing a photo shoot. No. <laughs> mom, did you know that <laughs> one? Because it was hard, and but I remember that first picture that dropped was like me with two actually. One was like a little weird because it had like a. Uh, it was black leather. It was like, oh, okay. It was just a little like, oh, blacky. Like, oh, wait, wait. Was it like S and M kind of? Kinda a little oh. like halal S and M. If that makes sense. <laughs> I was like, oh. did you feel like a little inappropriate in it? I loved it though. It's not- <laughs> I, I really loved it. I thought it was like different than what I usually like would have worn. Right. So I think I I think I loved the S and M. Like yes. And Mario's he's such an amazing man. I think yeah. he's a great photographer. He is. I remember he's so funny too. He's like yes, give me sexy. I was like oh. <laughs> first like, time Shh. hearing that from a guy. I was like. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, girl, I got, yeah, my first time with Mario Sorrenti, shooting with Mario Sorrenti, I was, I had no clothes on, so. Thank you, So do those shoots get awkward? I I always, like, are you? Do they get awkward? You know what? I feel like I've done enough naked photo shoots in my day that, like, I just, I don't even wear a robe anymore to set. I just walk from hair and makeup to the set butt naked. Wow. I know. Or anywhere naked. Or anywhere, just in general. I do walk around my house naked. Yeah. Okay, Halima, I want to hear way more about your modeling career, but I also want to bring it to a sponsor. You already know the Cash App is the number one finance app in the App Store. What you might not know is that you can also put Cash App in your wallet with the Cash Card. It's the only debit card that offers instant rewards and comes packed with premium features not even a credit card can offer, like boosts. Save up to 10% at Whole Foods, Chipotle, or Shake Shack and more of your favorite spots, or even a dollar off coffee every time you swipe your Cash Card at coffee shops across the country. The Cash Card puts you in control of your money with extra safety features that let you pause your card with a touch. Unlike a credit card, there are no fees ever and a credit check isn't required. We are not using the other apps anymore. Visit the App Store or Google Play to download the Cash App now and get your free Cash Card today. 
So speaking of being modest, and yes, girl, you better flip it back. I know, like she has it one way. I want to do it one way too. (laughs) Speaking of being modest, and you were talking about you know just showing up on set, you Mm -hmm. can't you can't just take your clothes off. You can't just go and change like all the other girls on the in in a runway show. What do people? What do they do? Do they do they like set up for you? What is the situation? They do. They do exactly that. And sometimes, like, um, even for busy, t- like, even if it's busy, busy, like, uh, fashion fashion week, right, mm-hmm. for the shows, I think that's the part that really blew me away. I'm like, oh, they could have just been like, go use the bathroom or go, fi- go find a corner. Right. But instead, like, they built a little corner for me. It's wow. So it's like everybody else changes here, and then I have my own little... Because, you know, backstage men can come. Oh, yeah. No, it gets crazy backstage at yeah. runway shows. Has and it- I feel guilty sometimes because I'm like, skirt, skirt into my little corner. <laughs> like uh, my four court right. thingy, my <laughs> private dressing room. <laughs> and Your then pop-up I'm just like, tent. Yeah. And I think even the other models, like I think that was like one of the saddest things. But also it made me feel like, wow, they're actually putting in work because one of the models was like, wow, I really wish we had that. And I was like, why don't you have that? <laughs> That's really interesting. You know? I'm has it ever gotten awkward before? No, I mean even even though like it's just I think people understand like I'm I'm wearing a hijab like it does not come off, you know, it's mm-hmm. not something like it's just for, presented at the runway. Mm-hmm. It also follows me backstage. So I think girls are very respectful, they understand. Um That's great. No, yeah. so nobody's ever been like, "Hey, are you going to take it off?" Only Fadil. I'm kidding though. <laughs> Fadil is so funny. No, no, no. Who is Fadil? He's my favorite photographer, Fadil okay. Bursha. No, everybody's super respectful. Like that's not even a question that ever comes up is when are you going to take it off? Are you going to take it off? That's good. You know? So they respect who you are. They respect your religious background and and that's it. Yeah. That's what it should be. Modeling is not how I thought, girl, when I tell you. when I <laughs> After that meeting, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get signed, but best believe I'm going to do my research. So I watched, binge watched all of Tyra Banks' uh America's Next Top Model. Yes. Did you see my season? She said not yet. Not yet. I didn't get to yours yet. (laughs) I like the old one. You're not a real fan. You're not a real friend. (laughs) She's not a real one. (laughs) Uh -uh. No, I didn't get to your season yet. But I watched like basically from cycle one to like cycle 14. That's like the sweet spot. Yeah, of course. And then did you learn anything? Absolutely not. (laughs) 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 Because, honey, like that's not... It's like, not, what, where can I have a snake uh, photo shoot? You know what I mean? Like, right. the stuff that I watch, I'm like, interesting. And same with, like, the girls. I'm, I got really lucky, I think, because I have not experienced, thank God, No, there's some weird cattiness. stuff. There's some weird stuff that they, they make them do on Top Model. Like, one of the craziest things I ever had to do was a back bend in, and seven-inch heels on the Brooklyn Bridge. And that What's was— What's a back— Bend. Like literally, like a back oh. bend. Yeah, like oh. gymnastics. Have you ever had to do anything crazy like that yet? I think from like the first five minutes that people get to meet me on set, they realize, oh, this girl is very clumsy. Oh, really? <laughs> like she, oh, not flexible at all. So they don't, they don't make me do. But they don't make I you will do say bends. they make me jump, and that's oh. very exhausting. <laughs> she don't work out. <laughs> she don't go to the gym. <laughs> Um, okay, so I want to talk about UNICEF because I feel like this is, like you said, your mom's so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And this is a really big accomplishment. How did this all start? Day one. Like, you, I think that's the other thing, too. People always, I think, sometimes don't know why I'm so passionate about UNICEF. It's really from a selfish place because that was the organization 
that helped my family personally. Before I could even spell my own name, I could tell you the words to UNICEF. Really? So that that was how like personal it was what is for it? me. U N A C I F T G L E. Before we started, she was like, I got your book. I haven't read it yet. I just finished one one page. Two chapters. Oh. Actually, maybe three. That's okay. It's you can right. listen to it. Literally, the audio. I did not know about the audio, I uh, promise. Yeah. I did not. Why I struggle through the pages when you could listen? Girl, and does it come in your voice? Um, so Uh-oh. I opened it and I closed it. I just didn't have time to do the middle. I know. <laughs> I know. So I'm just going to have to pretend like, oh, it's wait. It's me. I did do an audition and I found the right girl and bada bing, bada boom. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Mm. Speaking of books, when are you going to write your book? Why is there crickets in the room right crickets, now? Crickets. You have so much to say. Okay, <laughs> I know what you can talk about in your book. And one of the things you can talk about is going back to Kenya. Give me pen, paper, everybody. Right? Yeah. No, write seriously. that down, write that down. No, but I want to talk about that because you shot your Teen Vogue cover in Kenya back at the refugee camp that you were raised in. And mm-hmm. I want to know, like, what was that like? Girl, that was the most, uh, I don't think I've ever had uh, emotionally, physically, like that trip was probably one of the hardest I've ever done ever in my life. And that trip, I think, was maybe one of the most difficult things that I had to do. So much emotion because yeah. on one hand, I'm an adult. I'm going back. I'm like, you know, I got to see best of both worlds, like the camp life and also growing up in America. And then going there and seeing that it's gotten bigger, it's good because that means people are finding it like, you know, they don't have to suffer in silence. They don't have to stay in like war-torn countries, you know, they found a place to call home that's safe, that they know their children are going to get whatever help that they need, or at least, you know, organizations are trying to do their best. But then on the other hand, it's like, oh my gosh, like my family got to leave this, you know? And I always think, did I make the most out of my life? Did I take any out? You know what I mean? Because it's like, there are girls my age that have babies that will never, ever leave that camp. So to see that that could have been me, it was just really, it was a really hard pill to swallow. Did you feel guilty walking back I'm in? so guilty. Oh, my gosh. Mm, Ashley Graham, I'm going to mess up my makeup. It's okay. <laughs> Who's going to touch it up for me? We've got people. Okay. No, it's it was, okay. it was just time. really... Hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only because they're kids, like literally, and they're the happiest kids. That was like what was an another thing. Like I remember a happy childhood, and I thought I was going crazy, like talking to all these, in, like you know, even during interviews, people are like, "Did you say refugee camp and happy childhood in like the same sentence?" Because it's hard to, for, it's hard for them to understand, but. I was like, wait a minute, is this some kind of like Stockholm syndrome? Like paint it over to make you feel better? But no, these kids are literally like the happiest kids in the world. Wow. Yeah, they were like waving at our like cars and like that's all they wanted to do was just be like, ah, you know what I mean? Did you get to see any friends that were still there or you did? Yeah, uh, David. That guy was there literally when I started my first day at school. So he's like, is your mom still crazy? I was like, she still got it. (laughs) You know, because he's like, she used to make me shah, which is like Somali tea. And he's like, she was just like loud, very loud, very like, you know, happy lady. Are you glad that you got to have that experience with Teen Vogue? 
Yes. But also, it was Teen Vogue. UNICEF was on the ground with me. And also, it was a TED Talk. You had to also give a TED Talk? In the camp! Oh, Lord. I know. So I, part of me was like, I wish I had more time to just be and just not do anything, but just listen and meet the people that live there. Um, I didn't even get to go to like the protection area. It, it's four different, uh, four different camps. So we got to like see a little bit of all the camps, but I wish I got to go to like the schools, like every little camp. Like I wish I got to like meet people and like. It wasn't enough time. It was four days, but it was, like, jam-packed, which was perfect because that's what I can do. You know, like, me going there, and I could go there. I could even spend a month there and, like, volunteer, which I want to do. But I also recognize, like, I'm I'm more useful when I get there and I'm with, like, Ted. And we're doing a talk in a refugee camp. Also, there are other speakers that did their talks there. And it was just an incredible, like, they... Because, you know, Ted has, like, a certain quality. <laughs> Girl, I know. I, I know. I got, talk to I got to watch <laughs> <laughs> Funny story. I actually had to watch yours, Iskra, because Iskra's my homegirl. I was, like, prepping for this. And, of course, like, I still got there. And I was like, <laughs> No, it's hard. It's hard to give a TED Talk, especially if you're going back home to yeah. somewhere where you thought maybe I would never even go back to. No. And here you are. And you're doing a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me about your TED Talk? Okay, so it was Kakuma, A Place of Hope. Okay. You know, that was like the whole, like, gist of my speech was, no, this is a refugee camp. You got that right. But it's also the place of hope. It's where I learned to, it's where I learned to be a kid and where I learned to have characteristics. And I think, I don't think I would have been the same person had I grown on Charlotte Road. <laughs> you know what I mean? If that yeah. was all I've ever known, I don't think I would have been like the same person I am now. That's Good amazing. and bad. So that's what your whole talk was about. It was like, it doesn't matter like where you're born. It matters who you are and mm-hmm. how you handle your experiences. And the community. Like, Kakuma has, hands down, one of the best communities. Like, um, early on, I, we didn't have um, our school. That's a different story, girl. <laughs> but Which school? In the Kakuma. Oh, in Kakuma. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So every day I'd go to school and be like, hey, hey. Uh, other thing... Teacher. That's the only thing you can say. You teacher? Teacher. Mm-hmm. That's why when I moved to America and I heard kids like talking back to I was like, oh, oh, and he's still alive to tell to tell us what happened. Right. <laughs> and you're like, that's rude. Oh, you yep. can't do that. Yeah. I was literally like, teacher, teacher. <laughs> um, okay, so now I, I want to talk about what's going on in the country. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about how There is so much that's been shifting in the U.S. and in other countries with refugees coming here and Mm -hmm. U.S. denying them. And I want to hear from you. I want to really know, like, what do you, what's your take on this? What do you have to say to U.S. citizens and and to the government? I would say I look at, like, my my journey, right? Like, I'm a refugee. Like, Mm -hmm. that was that was my entire childhood, right? But look at me now. Like, I've gotten to go to school here. I, I'm a proud taxpayer, honey. <laughs> like, I will say, I think when I was filing my taxes this year, he's like, I don't think I've ever had someone this cheerful. I was like, take my money, uh-huh. honey. Because 
Because I, I have, felt like for the first time, I'm contributing. Like, yes. That's Ask me about it next thing. year, though. Right. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Just wait, girl. But you know what I mean? Like, we're proud taxpayers. Like, I look at, like, the Muslims here who are, like, lawyers, attorneys, teaching your children at school. You know what I mean? Like, these are... These are people who are literally giving back to this community and also a community back home. I don't think sometimes people realize, like, it's hard in a sense to be a refugee because you always have those ties back home. Like, when I was 16, I wasn't just working to pay my cell phone bill and, like, for my extra money for for shoes or whatever. Like, most other girls, most of my other friends, I had a family to support back home, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's really like, hey, government, hey, U.S. citizens. Be financially smart, you know what I mean? No, but you're actually like telling them like, we need to let families into America. We do need to be a refuge Mm -hmm. for those those countries that need us. Because look at Alima. There's so many other people out there that are also just thriving. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I I don't want to see any more families separated. Never again. And I think that's another thing, too. Like, I could never picture... Like, when you separate kids from their families, it's very traumatic to those kids, you know? Like, that should just not be a thing, you know? Families need to be kept together. It doesn't matter if it's a a Spanish family, if it's a Somali family, if it's... Ecuadorian, whatever. Stay together, you know what I mean? Because that just sets them up for exploitation and abuse, and there's so many horrible stuff that could happen. Have you and your mom had this conversation about all the families that have been separated in in the U.S. recently? My mom is definitely like, I think like most most people, she 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 understands like kids need to be kept with families, mm-hmm. but also it's like um, for her, it's interesting. My mom and I have these debates, and she's like, you know, part of the reason why I brought you to this country is so you could learn, grow, like be this independent woman, and then also don't forget the community back home. Like mm-hmm. she really wants me to go back to Somalia one day and work with the kids and make sure. Because, you know, brain drainage is a real thing. And Mm -hmm. I think about Somalia. Like, we all left, but now things are changing in the country because a lot of people have gone back and started businesses there and have helped the the people still living there. Wow. You know? So it's it's smart for the country. Have you gone back to Somalia? Never. (gasps) Ashley Graham, come to Somalia with me. Ashley Graham. I'm going to Ethiopia for Christmas. (gasps) Oh, yeah, yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this. I mean, I know they're not, like, right next door, but, like, still, I'm going to Africa. Let's all go. Yes, invite me. Africa! You're invited. Ethiopian food is delicious. Girl, I can't wait. I'm going to be all up in that. What's Somali food like? Depends on where you go. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) I will say, though, I had stomach, goat stomach for the first time. Oh, that thing stays in your hair. Like, oh, I had to... That's I inappropriate. I don't know if I want to know. No. I know. No. Yeah. It's very, no. That's strange. Yeah. Okay, so something that we do on Pretty Big Deal is we highlight a person or an initiative that's really doing something to transform their community and also the world. And I like this because it's kind of like my hashtag Woman Crush Wednesday, mm-hmm. but it's like my Woman Crush podcast. Um, so there's a young girl. Her She's a Swedish student and an activist, and her name is Ellen Erison. And she refused to sit on the airplane before they took off. Because there was a refugee from Afghanistan on the plane, and he was trying to seek asylum in Sweden, but he was being shipped back. And Mm -hmm. she, for whatever reason, knows about all of the refugees there and does not want them to be sent back, um, but specifically this man. And so everybody on the airplane was like, sit down, sit down, get one woman even hit her. Um, 
And then towards the end, started people started standing up for her. But she did all of this on a live stream. And she's crying and she's going through all these emotions with you. And it was just incredible to have mm-hmm. this young girl, 21 years old. Wait, first of all, you're only 20 years old. We haven't even spoken about the fact that you're only 20. But what? 20, she's 21 years old and she actually is standing up for a man who, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't going to affect her life. This is going to affect his life. Yeah. So I, I was just really proud of her, and I think she's an incredible woman. And I, I'm really I'm ex- thank you so much. Yes, Ellen. Thank you, Ellen. Yeah. Because we need more young people like that. We do, and I think uh, social media—that's the other thing, right? Instagram Live, like yeah. that's look like it's literally getting to Ashley Graham, and like we're talking <laughs> about this right now. But yeah, I don't. I think that's like the most beautiful thing about being a young person in this day and age. Like I look at Yara Shahidi. Yes, you need to have her on the show. Oh, I she know. So write it down, Yara. Write it down, girl. <laughs> but see, uh, young people doing amazing things, yep. and it's sometimes that's like the most uh, effective way. It is, you know, because she could have sat down. She could have not. Not cared. Not cared. You know, how many people would have just been on that plane, not known, not, you know, just kind of clueless, just I know doesn't affect me, doesn't affect my life. I didn't even know that you could do this legally. So I'm actually, I mean, Uh-oh. not, I, I don't. Ash is going to stand up on airplanes. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> yes. You want to stand with me? I'm, I need to hit the gym first, but yes. <laughs> Get these, car, uh, what do you call it? What, what, what's this part you of your leg? You need some leg? squats calves? and some calf workout. Yeah, just come calves. to Dog Pound with me. Yeah. We talked about this. We're going to make it yeah. happen. Healthy living. That's what I'm all about. That's it. Okay, so. What I want to be all about. Do you want to play a game? <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, so something that I do with all my guests is we do like a roundup questionnaire. And um, you just basically have to finish the sentence. So okay. my podcast is called Pretty Big Deal. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say pretty big, give you a word, and then you get to finish the sentence or something that meant something to Can you. Can we do an example? Yeah, so pretty okay. big style icon. Rihanna. Okay. Pretty big regret. Pretty big regret. Um, not going to college. Okay. Only because I feel like it's so nice to have that. I think that's something every woman should try to do. You know, yeah. you could still do it. I know you, people are like, "Are you twenty? Because it. Carly Kloss went back to college later, mm-hmm. um, and now she's doing coding with Kloss. See, yes. there you go. Carly's uh, yeah, coding. coding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Pretty big wish. <gasps> Beyonce, just one time, even if it's like I met her twice just, in one week. You twice in, in one week. week. Tw- I think we talked about this actually. Twice in one week. I'm still like, ah, oh. uh, okay. Pretty big motto. I would say it's a UNICEF quote, okay. And it's um, a child in need knows no politics. I don't know why that yes. is so, um, mm-hmm. it's not what it's like. It's, I don't know why that's such a big deal for me, but I think, I think back to, um, Exactly. A child in need knows no politics. You know, like when we went to Washington, we got to talk to both uh, Republicans, Democrats, because it's it should not be like a, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, of course, it's near and dear to your heart because you got here without without having to think about it and Mm -hmm. no child should have to think about it. So, Mm -hmm. Um, all right. I want to know what's going on next for you. Where are you headed? What are you working on? Okay, so. Girl, you gave me some ideas today. She's going to start <laughs> typing. Dear diary. <laughs> Back to day one. This is what had happened. What had happened was. Okay, so I think I definitely want to. I want you to be my. um, What's that person like in, in the. 
uh, like uh, someone you look up to, a mentor. mentor, a mentor. You want me to be your mentor? Yes, Aww. I would gladly. And I have to put you on the spot. Yes, I would gladly be your mentor. Because Ashley Graham, Aww. like you are a genius. Not only are you beautiful, oh. but you, you literally, yeah. Oh. Ah! So of course, I'll be your mentor. That's when emotional. I think of like a boss. <laughs> <I> was crying. <laughs> How dramatic! When I think about you. Oh my god! Thank so, you. So yeah, I want I want to be able to do what you did for. Women, like, girl, we don't look alike, but literally stepping into this industry, it was really scary. But you are one of those people that I looked up to because I'm like, if she could be different and she's like owning everything that makes her unique, makes her beautiful, why can't I do the same with my scarf? Yep. And that that's truly the message that women like you and I have. Mm-hmm. We may be the, quote, token in a mm-hmm. lot of different runways and campaigns, but at the end of the day, we're just letting women who yeah. are women let them know that they are perfect with who they are. Yeah. Right? That's harder to um, do, though. It is. Like, it took you a long time. It's still, We all have a journey. She's still, gonna, she's still getting there, but... Yeah, we all yeah. have a journey, and I think that's why we sit down and we have these conversations, so we can let all of you guys know that it is a journey, and it is a yeah. process. So... Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank, Thank you for you. being here. Not only are you beautiful, but you're smart, and you've got so much going on for you. I'm so excited to watch you thrive. Thank you. Um, Darcy, thank you, as always. The nada. All right, let me know what you guys thought of the podcast and what topics you want to hear me cover. Don't forget to leave a comment at hashtag prettybigdeal on Instagram or Twitter. And don't forget Anchor. You can leave me a little voice message there. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to the podcast for free. Just search for Pretty Big Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any podcast app, you guys. You'll get every single new episode automatically. And then you can listen to it in your own phone wherever and anytime. Also, I'd like to remind you that you are bold, you are brilliant, and you are beautiful. beautiful. Yes! yes! Love I you live guys. By that. <laughs>